Take your car buying experience to new heights with Woodhouse Mazda. Shop our full lineup of luxurious CUVs that will transform the way you travel, like the spacious and sophisticated Mazda CX-90 or the sleek and sporty Mazda CX-5. Plus, receive 0% APR for 60 months on select models of the 2024 Mazda CX-5 with no payments for 90 days. With approved credit, tax title and license extra. Win finance through Mazda Financial Services. $299 dock fee due at signing. Some model exclusions apply. Offer expires January 31st, 2024. See dealer for details. Meet Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as Premium Unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes. And that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Great Saturday morning to you. Great cold Saturday morning to you. This is a Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in so we can uh, help you get that car back on the road. Uh, find out if you need a new battery. I'm sure you needed a new battery. Boy, we had uh, had plenty of those, didn't we, Kyle? Yeah, I took care of the east side of town. I think you got the west side of town. So I did. I think we got a got a new battery. <laughs> We're here for you. <laughs> I think we got a – I don't know where the battery guy went. We'd come pick up and get us a new load. We got at least 100 of them there. At, at least a hundred of them there. Hundred cores in the week. I had we had more core batteries than we did new ones to sell. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. I've been ordering them like crazy. So, if your car is on the borderline and you don't know the borderline, I I I've said often on this phone, or not the phone, on the radio, that the average life of a battery is three and a half years. That's nationwide. So if you're living in Florida, that's going to extend a little bit. If you're living in North Dakota, that's going to go down a little bit. So. What brings it out is uh, the super cold and the super hot. Yep. Hot uh, hot makes them expand and, and stink like crazy. The cold just kills them. Dead. Boom. Mm-hmm. So ah, the, we've also talked in the past that, remember, the old cars, and those of you, the older people that are listening to us, you remember the old carburetors and then way back in the old days. Yeah, I got you know, one. 20s and the 30s cars, you know, when they, they had the magnetos on them and they just they only needed half a turn to get running. That is you, some hot spark. Hot spark. You just you could go weld with it. You could. You just it barely even. You see the people crank those Model Ts. Well, they only had to crank them about half a turn, and next thing the thing was running. Yeah, if you had one turn out of that, you had a fuel problem. So the reason we say that is, is because fuel injection now, when it cranks over, it has to have a certain amount of RPM that the computer reads. It's got to be up in the neighborhood of you know two fifty, maybe three fifty on the RPM side in order for the computer to recognize it says, hey, you're cranking. Okay, now I need to find number one. Okay, where's number one? And so I can fire off and I can run good. And that's why you need longer cranking times. That's why there is longer cranking times. Funny you should bring that up, Bob, because I'm working on a Subaru, believe it or not. I get one of those from time to time. Yep. That has an issue. Now, this issue only happens on days like today. Mm-hmm. So it won't start. Crank, 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 no start. 200 cranking RPMs, 225 cranking RPMs, batteries up. I go to scope the, we got no spark. 
Okay. No spark at all. Got power and ground to the coil. I have a scope pattern of the crank sensor, not a good scope pattern of yeah. the crank sensor. So it can achieve these cranking RPMs, but it's drawing too much down from the rest of the system. Well, really. Is my theory. Mm-hmm. So before I left, it's having this problem right now. When I go back, I'm going to put a torch on that starter and see if I can. Yeah, so you Because it would sit in the... If it sat in the shop and warmed up for an hour, fire right off. Yeah, so you need a good battery, and you need a, you need a starter that's drawing as little as amps as possible to get that car started. Yeah. And uh, anybody that's had a car back in the 70s, when you heard it go... Well, that's... In uh, this car... Was it going to start? Off and on for... Since October. Mm-hmm. You know, you go over there, and he's, oh, it's cranking, not starting. Go over there. Sure enough, the battery's low. Put a jump box on it, fired right up. Clean all the connections. Now that it's sub-zero, our problem is more relevant. Right. And So if you've got a battery that uh, needs to be changed, you want to get that done before you get uh, stuck at the girlfriend's house and can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great piece of advice, Bob. <laughs> All right, save a life there. There you go. <laughs> We're going to head over to Randy. Randy's got an 84 Ford F-250 with a gas problem. Randy, what's up? Here's the deal. I've called in before. I'm not complaining. I love your show. You've fixed all my vehicles. Anyway, I'm back to the same problem. 84 Ford, 460 automatic, 4x4, acreage, snowplow truck. Problem with gas getting into the crankcase and filling, overfilling the crankcase with the gas, uh, oil diluted gas. Are you um, on this? We one changed or? the ignition switch because we felt that the electric fuel pump does not have a mechanical pump. Gas engine was over pumping and that has gotten a lot better but it's still happening where do i go next the float and the carburetor well it should be doesn't matter how much your fuel pump is is pushing your carburetor it, should shut it off your carburetor and the needle and seat once that float goes so high that needle and seat should shut it off um, okay unless it's boiling up over not boiling but uh filling and then coming up the vent tubes and down inside the the carburetor, that's a definite possibility, but that's the Generally, only... you get a flood out real quick Right, on that. right. Well, here's the deal. It is flooding out. Okay. And I have to hold it to the floor. All the black smoke comes out, clears up, seems to go away more so after the engine's warmed up. Is it a Ford carburetor or is it a Holley carburetor on there? Has somebody I don't that? know. I don't know, sir. I just wonder if somebody's changed it. That's the reason I asked the question. Yeah. If it's a Ford carburetor, the accelerator it. pump will be on the front of it. Right. And if it's a Holley, you'll have your bowl on the front of it, the accelerator pump. Yeah, will be on the yeah. But, yeah, it's definitely a carburetor issue. You're getting okay. gas through the carburetor. You're able to flood over. So Okay. Something's... So you don't think, is there an automatic choke on this thing that maybe the choke is holding to make it flood out? Um, there is an automatic choke. Um, you you, you want to make sure you got 12 volts to that and um, that, that that is actually working. Um, Those didn't use a heat riser pull-off, did they? Yeah, you know, it's, I'm kind of getting to the point where I don't remember <laughs> that old car. I've got a stack okay. of them in my 
garage. But yeah, I mean, I you're, can't remember you're either going to have a heat riser on there that gets plugged up and can't get any heat to it, so it can't open. Uh, boy, we used to have a tow truck that was the same thing, 460, the whole nine yards. And I wanted to say that it, that it had an electronic choke to mm-hmm. it, but they, they were this and that back then, uh, especially in the higher higher models. Um, so if I cleaned everything around there with, carbur- with uh, carburetor cleaner, and everything in case there was any debris or anything. This thing sits outside, three sixty five a year. Um, if it's if it's flooding over the if it's got bent it's got bent tubes right inside next to the uh, your to, choke the choke yes if it's coming up out of there your issues inside your issues inside the carburetor correct pull that carburetor off get a carburetor kit and overhaul it it's easy it's just nuts and bolts and screws and uh okay get, okay. get your if you're unsure of what you're pulling apart uh snap a bunch of pictures you know you could always uh delete those afterwards but you have them forever well, so you can go back and look i'm sure it's got the factory carburetor on it and mm-hmm. nobody's changed it because mm-hmm. the thing's only got thirty nine thousand miles on yep. it and, and keep what you have because that's a better carburetor than anything else that you're going to put on there okay that's great, great advice. Uh, any other advice for the snow plow that keeps freezing up? Drain everything when it gets warm and start over? Yeah, no, that's... Uh, Are your did... hydraulics freezing up? Yes. Okay. As soon as it warms up, it's okay. When it's, when it's this weather, nothing moves. And I've I put antifreeze in it. Like, uh, I was told to put a half a cap of heat in it, and the the oil I'm replacing it with says it has antifreeze in it, mm-hmm. but I, obviously it's not circulating around far enough to help that, or there's so much moisture in it. That I, it's freezing up. I would agree with that. Yeah. Is there anything else, okay. is there anything else uh, synthetic-based that we could do with that? The, the snowplow guys might be able to tell you that. I'd, okay. If, you know, I've got a snow plow on, on the front of one of our trucks, and it's been doing pretty good up and down yeah. and all around, even with the cold weather. So, um, okay, haven't run into that well, one maybe, too often. Okay, well, hey, you guys are always a big help, and I do appreciate it. I'll head to the carburetor next, and uh, we did change the ignition switch because we felt it was there was a drain, and the pump was running all the time, and it and that helped a lot. But yeah. I'm still getting overflow on the oil. Sure. Yeah, you got debris in there. You got debris in the carburetor. Oh. Hey, thank you, sir. You, you guys bet. have a great weekend. Thanks for always helping everybody. You bet. Appreciate the call. We're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We'll be back in a minute. Freeze. I knew she must have been about 43. I heard her going clang. That 71 Mustang. And I knew it wouldn't be long before her tires were all bald. But she would still be mine. Yeah, she's mine. All mine. Say so yeah, I love nuts and bolts. Let's burn another quart of oil, baby. I love nuts and bolts So hop inside and take a ride with me I love 
every mile power train warranty. The Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Visit us online at BuchananService.com. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We are Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge. Guaranteed breaks for you, 9th Avenue and Dodge. Stop in, see us. We'll help you fix your car. We're going to head over to Dan. Dan's got an 09 Liberty. Dan, what's up? Uh, hey, thanks for having me on the show. Um, you bet. So it's got about 120,000 miles on it. Um, the issue is uh, a rough idle and misfire on cylinder one. Um, so I've tried I tried the old swap the spark plug and ignition coil trick, um, and uh, the misfire is still on cylinder one. Um, I, I had initially gotten a... When this started a couple months ago, I initially got a EVAP leak code, and so I was running down that rabbit hole. I put in a new purge valve, solenoid. I put in uh, a new PCV valve. Um, I did a new EVAP canister, um, and I haven't gotten that EVAP leak thing to come back, but I got the rough idle. Um, but once that EVAP error disappeared i started getting this misfire and i've just had a what year is this oh nine uh, 2009 yep 2009 jeep liberty have you done a compression check on that engine no i've got the tool sitting on my 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 uh, bench that was the next thing i was going to try they have a lot of problems with the valve trains yep valve seats go bad valve trains that's probably the first place i was i was they've I, got these roller rockers in there underneath the valve cover your cam rides on that and that's what opens and closes your valves and you'll lose the bearings in those and you'll end up with a valve that's not opening all the way yeah it's either gone and clicking like crazy or it's not opening all the way and mm -hmm. it's opening but not opening enough and it needs it needs full flow in and out in order to make it run right mm -hmm. the other the other possibility is if you if you had this problem afterwards i mean you, you got a a purge valve that maybe is not working right and it's creating a vacuum leak at that spot i'm just kind of stepping back a little bit saying what what did you do before and then what's your problem now so that's sure. the possibility but i agree with kyle the first thing that you want to do and, and, and save all the the running around is let's make sure we got good compression we know we got air fuel spark let's i make sure we can pump some air yeah i'll make sure we can pump some air i didn't hear you say fuel injector though um that you did you swap oh. the fuel injector side to side yeah, um, so I did put in a new fuel injector as well, okay. Um, okay. and that, that didn't solve it. Yep, yeah. yep. I think you're down to let's look at compression. That That's that's okay. where we're going first. And then do compression on that cylinder, and then do a comparative on another one, maybe not right. It, right next to it, but yeah. the other side. This is an easy engine to work on. Yeah, you can do it right next to it, but do it a couple of cylinders away. That way you know you're away from the affected area in, in case one is bleeding to the other one. All right, I I will do that. Thank you very much. You bet. Appreciate the call. Yeah, you know it's uh, you always. Most of the time, it's a simple kind of thing: plug, mm -hmm. coil, wire, uh, vacuum leak, things like that. Um, sometimes, and that's ninety percent of the time. That's where it solves problem. But if that doesn't do, the next time you should just go straight to a compression test, and probably just should go to a compression test first off. Any Chrysler, that's kind of where I start. Their yeah. valve trains have 
not gotten much better. <laughs> I mean, it's on, just Kyle. my opinion. But ah, your opinion. <laughs> what, what's your opinion, Kyle? You don't hardly work on anything anymore. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> now that that's been said. Ah, yeah. Your opinion's good. I mean, uh, as many cars as you work on, it's uh, pretty easy to tell. All right, we're going to head over to Donald. Donald's got an 05 Ranger. Donald, what's going on? Uh, it's a 85. 85. Ford yeah, no, I'm sorry. You're right. I remember you. you you've called before. I think so. Yeah, yeah, but you've got the, I think you got the oldest one on the show so far. Yep. As soon as it starts getting cold outside, it has no power, doesn't want to stay running. And it seems to kick in about 50 degrees. Hmm. It's an 85 Ford Ranger. It didn't have any power to begin with, Donald. Sounds like a summertime car. Uh, <laughs> limited even from what it was. <laughs> it, it was a very anemic four-cylinder to start with. Yes, I, I, I agree. But it should run. Why does it have... Yeah, so at 50 degrees, everything's okay after that? Uh, it's warmer outside. It runs just fine. As soon as it starts getting cold, though, it just... No power. doesn't want to stay running. Hmm. This has still got carburetor on it, don't it? Close to hell. Uh, yeah. uh, well, you'd have to, your exhaust would have, I guess you got to go, uh, your timing is good. We know it's running. It's not going to change between cold and warm. Mm -hmm. um, your exhaust would be one thing. It's I, got a distributor that should have an electronic advance. Mm -hmm. It should could, be a TFI or something like that. I right. Think. Your thick bill ignition could be having an issue there where timing is not advancing like it should when it's that cold. Um, any? Did you say this is fuel injection or carbureted? Probably carbureted. 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 Yeah, that's that's probably more of where I'm thinking your problem might be is in the carburetor. Yeah. They were uh, every well. Let's just tell it as it is. Every carburetor problem that was out there had a problem. Yeah. That's why we were so happy when it went to fuel injection. It's static almost. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I, you know, I just, that that's what makes me think that you've just got a carburetor issue at some point. I, I can't really An tell easy you. way to figure it out, take your air cleaner off, start it up, get a little carb cleaner and just give it a shot. Yeah, if there you go. If it wants to die, just give it a shot. You'll know right away. If that engine picks back up, you know you're on the right track. Yeah, you're lean and it's, it, does, it doesn't have enough fuel to get going. And once it gets to, uh, the, the temperature gets better, then it takes off. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great idea. That that's just, what I would do. You can, is it a stick shift? Probably a stick shift, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So if you find a buddy, yeah, find a buddy and uh, just find something that you can kind of rev it up a little bit and it, all of a sudden it, what, what, thousand RPM, Kyle? Sure. And then just hit it with a little bit of carburetor cleaner. And if it bogs down, you know, you're, you're right at about 14.7. If it picks up, it's your way lean and that would make a lot of sense. Things are icing up when it's this cold. And then once you warm it up, then uh, things kind of go away. With everything else being, the fuel filter is going to be flow as much now as it is when it's cold or warm. Sure. So I agree. Yeah. I think that's where you're at it's in your carburetor. All right. Thank you. you bet. All right. I don't know if you can do anything about it, but that's where it's at. <laughs> I don't even, what kind of carburetor did those guys have? Um, it would have been just what, a two barrel, two barrel, one barrel Ford electronic, probably Carter, probably a Carter that was in there. Mm. I don't know. Whoever whoever they uh, signed the contract with to to make a crappy carburetor, because yeah. that's all they were. Well, you could work on them. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, it's taking us way back, isn't it? Again, did I, I, I'm just glad they, they, they finally took so long. They had fuel injection back in the 50s. I don't understand why it took to the 80s to finally get it there. I, I don't I, know why we don't have fuel-injected lawnmowers now. We Can should. you imagine that? Yeah, Everything should we? be fuel-injected. Why don't we? Yeah, we still got carburetors out there. My snowblower, I got to tap on the carburetor every year to get that thing going. Yeah, it seems kind of... But you know, you can just go buy a new one on Amazon for... Eight bucks. Eight bucks. <laughs> well, maybe seven bucks if you get a deal. Yeah. Got to save my coupons. <laughs> carburetor coupons. <laughs> Car- carburetor coupons. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We'll be back in a minute. The Mr. Mechanic Show is powered by Buchanan Service Center, 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We are Buchanan Service Centers, 80th and Dodge, 50th and Dodge, guaranteed breaks, 49th Avenue and Dodge. Here's an interesting article, Kyle, I ran across in the many publications that I read. When car makers, you know, when you got uh, mileage there, it says, hey, my car gets, you know, 30 miles a gallon. Uh-huh. On gasoline cars, the government requires them to actually do testing based on certain things. And, and whatever that particular car gets, that's what they have to put down. Seems pretty simple. Yeah. Pretty straight, straightforward. You bet. That's not what the government requires when you do electric cars. No, no. So, so they get to do, you know, they get to see what it is because it's just kind of a guess. Well, they get to multiply 6.67. So whatever they think they get, they get to multiply that towards 6.67. Yeah, I know you, you got that look on your face like why that's a pretty arbitrary number. So that's when you come out to this absurdly high, like you, it turns out to you, you know, you're, you see it on the stickers, you know, it gets 30 miles a gallon for gas, but you know, it could get you 430 miles equivalent to its creative math. Hmm. Well, that's not right. It's just not right. And they, and uh, you've got some watchdogs that finally called it out and they said, uh, that's false advertising. That's false advertising. Let's call it as it is. And it is what it is. And then whatever that number lies at is what it is. Let's not be, why don't they just spin a wheel and this car is going to, this yeah. one goes 400 miles. Yeah. Well, that's this what I mean. It, it, it goes, it, you it, never have to charge the battery. Yeah. Well, I don't know why it's six. You don't point. even have to vacuum the thing. <laughs> Where does it stop? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know, and the other thing that I was reading too, and this is kind of an interesting and so as the market goes, well, so, I mean, a lot of people ask me, why do they quit selling that car? I love that car. And all of a sudden, either the car maker just quit making it, whatever it was that you loved. Well, the only reason they quit making a car brand or a, a model is because the, the sales have dwindled. Mm-hmm. And it's dwindled down to an X amount of number, and they have that that no longer is viable for that particular car manufacturer just to keep producing that and that whatever that number is maybe it's 200,000 vehicles a year if it doesn't meet that goal it's out of here they're going to find something else and better sure so goes with uh hertz rent a car is turning back in not turning back in they're starting to sell uh the beginning of last month over 20,000 evs electric vehicles because nobody's asking for no. no nobody wants to rent one Nobody no. knows they they don't know when they 
take that car and it's full of charge and they're going to run around the city of whatever city that is for the next where do they go plug it in i mean it's just a it's just a pain so they're going to go all the back hole. they're going to go back to internal combustion engines and sure. they're, they're not going to have any evs so as a consumer you have a lot of power as to i don't like this this is not what i'm going to do and even though they're building it if they can't sell it it isn't going to be worth it so half the fun of renting a car is seeing what that car is made of I mean, Hertz proved that with the Hertz Mustang. I drive 10 miles an hour under the speed limit in every rental car I've ever been in, Kyle. I don't believe that for one second. Oh, I've come on. With, I'm, I, 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 I've I, been with you in a rental okay, car. Okay, all right, Kyle. That thing saw more air time than a Boeing 747. <laughs> it's time to size. All right, time to go back to calls. Time to go back to calls. All right, we're going to go over to Steve. Steve's got a 2012 uh, Chevy Equinox. Steve, what's up? Yes, I uh, just wanted to know... What do you guys think about if a person could change the ignition lock cylinder, you know, and, and again, I know you guys talk about inferior parts. Are there, like, pins in there where that key has to push to release the, the you know, uh, the cylinder? ignition? Yep. Yes. So you're going to take the clamshell apart on the steering column. Somewhere in around that circle because that lock cylinder is only about an inch inch and a half at best there's going to be a small hole maybe an eighth of an inch something like that just enough to get a pick into mm -hmm. and then you're going to turn the key to the on position and you're going to push a button in there then you just pull it out right right are you talking about you're trying just trying to get it out like he described or are you trying to get it yeah, out it, and rebuild well, it yourself right. you know because you know of course it's all in the lock position you know you insert the key you try to turn turn it. Of course, it won't uh, engage. And then they, you know, they say like on the internet, oh, uh, spray some WD forty in there. So your Maybe key won't turn at all, right? Your, yeah. So your key yeah, won't it, turn. No, it won't turn at all. Okay, then you're not going to get it out easy. No, you got to no. drill. You got to drill the lock yeah. out, or you got to take the whole housing off of the steering column itself and do it on a bench. Okay. So if if you're just going to replace it. In a normal circumstance, you, like you just uh, said, you just do those steps, mm -hmm. and you can get the old one out, put a new one in. Yeah. But once it's in the lock, that it won't move at all. Then you got a a, bi a bigger problem. Oh yeah, yes, you got much more labor involved in it. The, so what what Kyle was describing is something that's just got a worn out key. Everything works great, and you just kind of go in, hit the hit the pin, pop out, you go, rebuild it, put it back together. No, you've got a much bigger problem, and usually that. That will, that will go into a housing, and the housing clamps over the main portion of the steering column, and there's break-off bolts in there. You're going to have to pull that whole piece off in order. You might have to get a whole housing and a right. and in the lock and case, tumbler. Um, those are a special key. And, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like your normal key that, you know, a car would have. These ones are cut different. It might be more beneficial to get a locksmith involved. I was just going to say that. If you want to get it off, you need to take it over to a locksmith that does automotive. Mm -hmm. uh, not every locksmith in town does automotive. Um, and there's sometimes we've taken the entire steering column out, taken it down to them so that they could work on it there. Just And that saved considerable amounts of money, even with all that labor, as to what it would cost to rekey that that car yeah because sometimes right. you got laser cut keys that got to be just the way they are and everything's got to move it's it's right it's a little bit of it, it's an art and uh yeah you got to take it to a, a guy that knows the art 
if you were to guess, would you think something just broke in there? Is it like pot metal that just finally wore out? Or yes, yeah, yes. It's it's all it's kind of a combination of pot metal and aluminum. Really and, thin yeah. pieces in there. So there yeah, there's very, not a lot of room for mm-mm. any error. Just like in any lock, there's just not a lot of room for error when it binds up like that. And uh, right, you're better to go back and. You know, you might even be able to find a whole lock assembly housing and just have a new lock and tumbler put in it mm-hmm. and just right. do, redo the because, whole thing. Yeah, this has happened before, and it finally locked up, you know, in this cold weather, and we just decided probably to go with a new assembly because it won't get any better. Nope. You know, it's just going to get worse. I was just going to say, let's go back to new. It's not going to get any better, and whatever Band-Aid you put on it are just going to peel off after a while. And you, you've already, right. you're, you're there already. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good to know. I know labor is going to, uh, I mean, this is probably at least a $500, $1,000 job. Could be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd say 500 to 750 somewhere in that range. If you do a lot of yep. the labor yourself and take it in, you, you kind of know what you do and what you need. Okay. Get All in. right. Well, thanks for the information. Ho- hopefully it's indoors. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. Appreciate it, Steve. Okay. Appreciate the call. You- Yes, thank you. You bet. We're going to take we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic show 558-1110's numbers to get in. We'll be back in a minute. The Mr. Mechanic show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Two locations, 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic show. 558-1110's numbers to get in. It's cold out there. I guess you'll find out it's going to warm up next week. So maybe if you don't have to get out of the out, you know, outside, maybe your battery will still be good by the time it comes around to when it's 30. This is the time of year to put things off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get to those indoor projects. But, you know, when you get to the indoor projects to fix your house, you got to go out to the hardware store in order to get what you thought you needed. Four or you know, five, seven times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, you all, we all know, or at least I know anyway. And uh, you go to the hardware store to get what you want, and then you go back to get what you need because mm-hmm. you didn't get what you wanted. Um, here's an interesting article I thought was just funny but uh, to me, but not so much to the guy. At the dealership, there was a Houston dealership, Houston down in, obviously in Texas, that they came to work one morning and all the bumpers and side skirts and and uh, were just completely ripped off these cars. It's just like somebody grabbed a hold of them, just started chewing them and eating them and mm-hmm. scratches all down the side and, and uh, of the, did $350,000 worth of damage. Was it the Chupacabra? I think it might have been. Could have been. Yeah, in the middle of the night. Yeah. Well, what they found out by looking at uh, video of, of the car lot was that there was a Bull Terrier and a German Shepherd. And they were, maybe they were homeless. I don't know. Probably running the streets. Yeah. They Woodlums. were. Well, they were chasing cats. And cats went underneath the cars. So they disassembled the car. So they <laughs> disassembled <laughs> the car. We're going to get to you one way or another. Trying to get to the cats. So I imagine the cats jumped on top of the roof. Of course, that's where all the scratches come down the side of the car. Then they went under. Then they went under. And that's these, these I mean, these, the pictures here uh, shows a very innocent dog like, uh, what? I was hungry. And uh, it, it just kinda shows. Kind of sad behind the eyes. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> sad behind the eyes. It, uh, it just shows bumpers ripped off the just pieces and parts laying all over this this houston dealership 
And I just have never heard of something like that before. Well, no. Yeah. No. Normally, they, I mean, I can see scratches from climbing on the car. I mean, I've well, yeah, dealt so. with that personally, but <laughs> well, no big deal there. That's where, I mean, most of your dogs stay on the ground. I mean, that's that's the cat prints. Cats seem like they want to walk everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, they come right straight out of the litter box, right across your place that you make a sandwich, and uh, then they walk across your car on the way to do whatever it is on the front porch. So, yeah. uh, but anyway, that's uh, I just not have heard that in the past, and uh, I suppose that's a thing. Obviously, it's a thing. Dogs chasing cats. Dogs chasing cats. Well, they're uh, and they, I, I think they need some downers, some doggy downers, or something that really kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? All right. We're going to head over to uh, uh, Justin. Justin's got a 2018 Jeep Compass. Justin, what's going on? Hello. Hello. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Hey, um, so my fiance has a 2018 Jeep Compass Limited, I think. Um, I was recently made aware they have two different batteries, um, and it's a start-stop vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe the start-stop vehicle is messing with the electronics somehow. Um, she can turn the engine off, but none of the electronics turn off. The lights don't turn off. Radio doesn't turn off. All that stuff. Um, she had a warranty. They took it in and had fixed her start-stop after it stopped working. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe, um that's causing an issue because I was looking online and, and some people said the start stop vehicles tend to be a little funny sometimes. So thought maybe you guys would have a, uh, um, they can be. And I think they can be in that car. Yes. Oh. They, they've been having problems There's with those several software updates for issues. I know that Jeeps had, I don't know if it's this particular one, but scenarios like this or, Certain electronics staying on, certain electronics not coming on. And I know this particular issue, I'm not sure if that's the case. I would think they would have done it while they had it. Yeah, I think we had a caller not too long ago who said he had a, a problem with it, having an issue with batteries and start-stop problems, uh, you know, and it was brand new. So, yeah, this is kind yeah. of just kind of an issue in this particular car. Um, okay. Have you, put a, have you put a new battery in? They, you said they put a new battery in. Yeah, we got a new, the main one, not the auxiliary one. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're putting one in, put the other in. Oh, okay. They both got the same amount of time on it. It's kind of like doing headlights. You know, the left headlight goes out. We always recommend doing both of them because they both have the same amount of on time. If you've got, okay. If you've got a 2018 and uh, you're already coming on four, you're on five years old. Um, Those batteries are. They're like lawnmower batteries. batteries. You're on borrowed time. Yeah, yeah. So. Sure, sure. Generally, anytime we do a normal battery to that, we will uh, also kind of recommend doing the, the the auxiliary just based on the fact that they're both the same exact age and they're both doing the same exact thing and it's cold out and, and it just depends on solve one problem, solve two problems at one time kind of thing. But there, okay. But there are software updates and issues that they've been having with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I saw online um, someone recommended to disconnect the nodes on both batteries and then join the uh, cables on the main battery in order to reset the electronics. Is that a real thing? Or? Yeah, it on is. On that, I would do it with both batteries at the same time. Correct. Because you don't know where those systems okay. come together, and if you touch them together, you're going to run a battery right to ground, and uh-huh. your modules are going to be 
sacrificial in that. Yeah, case. same battery to same battery and and touch them together. So you're basically doing the same thing you would with your laptop. You're powering everything down, bringing it back up, and now you've cleared all the modules out. And sometimes it just needs that. Mm-hmm. A lot of problems. Okay. Your home computer. You know, yeah. you shut it off and things start working better. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. same stuff. That's the same thing. I every time I call the computer guy, he said, "Did you shut it off yet?" I said, "No." Okay, call me back when you shut it off. Same thing, <laughs> same deal. Yeah, all right. Yep. All right, sounds good. I appreciate appreciate the call. Well, thanks for the help, fellas. Take it easy. You bet. All right, we're gonna take what? how much time we got? A minute. A minute. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, almost made it. Almost. Almost. Well, you know, I got always got something else to talk about, Kyle. See what else is there. So back to the dogs tearing up the cars. Okay, let's talk about that. Like, I remember watching a movie called Turner and Hooch, Tom Hanks movie, where he's a cop and he gets that dog and it tears apart the inside of the car. I I remember that show. Probably about the same same thing. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be some use for, like, salvage yards that are going to scrap out cars, you know, to take all these homeless dogs and yeah like you, you got, let them go on the car you got dogs that go uh sniff out whatever it is drugs <laughs> and people and everything else and, and rubble yeah why not get yourself a, a demolition uh, dog a demolition dog yeah yeah i mean there's got to be some use for these guys yeah that's a great idea i mean that we're not they want to do it yeah they need to do it they need to get that frustration out instead of taking a you know a, a five mile good. walk we could yeah you could just yeah. Park the car over there and let him chew the interior out. Yeah, look at it apart. Take he's he's going to want to eat everything, bumpers. though. He's going to want to eat it, and that's probably not good. Yeah. And then you got a whole set of problems. Yeah. Well, we'll figure it out, and we'll find out by next week. All right. 558 is the numbers to get in next week. I'm Bob. Kyle. See you next week. Woodhouse Place Nissan makes shopping for your next vehicle simple. Browse our inventory, apply for financing, and more from the comfort of your own home. Right now, lease a 2023 Nissan Rogue S for $199 per month for 36 months and 10,000 miles per year. With approved credit, tax, title, and license extra. $6,250 down plus first payment and $299 dock fee to at signing. Discounted price based on a sale price of $28,684. $2,000 NMAC cash available towards deal for qualified customers who select standard APR rate. VIN number PC926399. Offer expires 131.24. See dealer for details.